Uh, Garumba Biggie, and welcome to Yarning Jarjams. I'm your host, Liza Corrie, and I'm an Indigenous pre-service teacher. I'm in my final year of an early childhood teaching degree at the University of Southern Queensland here on Yagara Country. My family is from the Mur people in Darnley Island, which is in Urb country in the Torres Strait Islands. However, I was born and raised on Jabbergai Nindinji country, and I'm now fortunate enough to be living, studying, working, and raising my family here on Yagara and Yagara country. Firstly, I'd like to begin today's podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of this land on which we meet, the Yagara peoples. I pay my respect to their elders past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening or tuning in to Yarning Jarjams today. In paying tribute to Indigenous Literacy Day this month, sorry, next month, I'm thrilled to be bringing you an exciting Yarning Jarjams episode two. In Yarning Jarjams' second podcast of the season, I'm excited to be sharing with you all my interview with deadly Indigenous author, Mrs. Tamina Rhodes-Scott of the wonderful children's book called Keep Shining Bright. Mrs. Rhodes-Scott was born in the Torres Strait Islands and grew up in far north Queensland, Australia, and has taught in early childhood, primary, secondary, and even tertiary education in various countries around the world, in Torres Strait Islands and the hometown of Cairns in the far north Queensland region. In this episode, Montira, Tamina and I discuss Indigenous literacy in the early years, her inspirations for writing her deadly stories, and of course, we will be yarning about her deadly books and how you can add them to your collection. Mrs. Tamina Rhodes Scott brings to Yarning Judge in second episode a rare and insightful look into being an Indigenous author and educator in these contemporary times. So let's get straight into the interview with my favourite Indigenous author and educator, Mrs. Tamina Rhodes Scott. Tira, welcome hey. to Yarning Jarjams. <laughs> and Ezogar for sharing your time and knowledge with Yarning Jarjams and being my special guest speaker in light of Indigenous Literacy Day next month. It's an honour and a pleasure to be hosting you today. Thank you. It's really lovely to have this time to catch up with you and share um, a little bit of um, what I've been doing, yeah, with my books and and teaching and, yeah, what things that I love to do. You're so amazing. Sis, can you please tell us a bit more about yourself? Uh, so I'm a Googie Ellenji woman from the Daintree, Woodjul Woodjul, Mossman Gorge, uh, Port Douglas area. Um, we are two groups of people, the Eastern Yelengi, which are my people, the Sunrise people, and then there's the Western Yelengi, which are the Sunset people. They're out west of this region, more out towards Chiligo, um, Lakeland, uh, uh, just south of, um, of Cooktown, and they border on uh, with our uh, ally clans, the Gugimada people from Hope Vale and then further south, Yindinji uh, all, and uh, Jabagaya, all family, you know, uh, that are uh, married into and uncles and aunties and mukais and titters yeah. and balas and, you know, all part of that one 
one big family. That one mob, um, hey? That one big yeah. family mob, yeah? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it, eh? So the language yeah. you speak or spoke as a child, um, all your Kukuyalanji, your Jabagai, your Mer language, all that, do you speak your native tongue still? I speak, um, even as a child, we learnt um, sort of basic sentences so we could, you know, greet our family um, or compliment, um, you know, family members. So we learnt, um, I, would, I would say they're kind of um, sort of colloquial things. Like we, any time we'd see a, a baby, we'd always, it was just kind of like the the cultural norm thing to do is pinch their cheek and say yeah. yundu karagai king king yeah, <laughs> which just means you've got a beautiful yeah. baby yeah. yeah and also one of my favorite um sayings that we used to uh, always say as kids mum used to or gran granny um polly used to take us out under the stars and um she'd always say wanjibukija and we'd have to look for the moon so that means where is the moon you know, just little things like that that I remember, and those are the things I teach to um, my children. And then there's a few little things that um, you know make the kids laugh. Like I'll teach them words, you know, um, for uh, like we say, "ginging" is something really cute. So now the kids always point at things and oh, look, Miss Ginging, you know, Aww. little things like that. So it's it's nice That's to wonderful. pass on just a few little words, and yeah, that. Yeah, kind even of a if bit of they a, are yeah. colloquial, you're still actually giving them access to language. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's wonderful. Now, in your tertiary teaching experience, um, did you experience a lack of enthusiasm from non-Indigenous educators to learn your native tongue? Well, it was for me a little bit of an exchange program. I also studied uh, with uh, University of Southern Queensland, and of course we had yeah we had a um an indigenous sort of meeting place do you is it still there uh kambari uh it's called or... scissor i think they call it scissor on um oh. springfield campus it's a oh, center for yeah. indigenous um students um yeah so that's okay it might be in toowoomba but here on springfield it's um yeah we all meet at um the scissor unit which yeah. is just okay. uh, i mean i'm sure it'll be as canberra is the meeting place we may call it something yeah. else but i will look into yeah. that thank you for that um yeah that's deadly this so can yeah, you but, share yeah. also with yeah. the Yarning Judge and listeners something special about your book, Keep Shining Bright, that no one else knows? Um, so I was um, looking at my stories of all the different constellations and their messages and where I had myself learnt those different messages from the, you know, stories of each um, group of stars and um, two of them are from the Northern Hemisphere sky, so in the Southern Hemisphere we can't see them, but they're the Greek mythology stories of Pegasus and uh, the Flying Horse, of course, and yeah. Ursa Major and Ursa Minor, the Mother Bear and the Baby Bear, yeah. and those are actually stories that I learnt and taught uh, while I was teaching in Scotland and um, at a Steiner school. So it was something that 
To me, each story has its own place in my life too, where I, um, you know, have a memory attached to that story for me as well. And I think each story has the ability to guide us and give us, you know, some um, valuable lesson for our own lives. So that's, um, yeah, that those two in particular were a part of my life that, um, of course, we... You know, we yeah. don't have those constellations in the southern hemisphere, so it relates to another time in my life. But um, all all the stories of the stars have really great messages for us. Yeah, because I noticed that um, ki, Kija means moon and um, Dawa is star in your Kuku Yalanji language. Is that right? Did I pronounce that correctly? Uh, we pronounce uh, Gija. The K actually makes a G sound. Oh, um, like an, an actual fact, when um, Captain Cook uh, landed in Cooktown, the uh, Gugiyama uh, people from there came forward and they pointed to a kangaroo and they said, oh, that's a ganguru. And so, but they wrote down a K when it was pronounced with that G. So yeah. we say Gija for moon and then Dawar, the R is rolled for the star. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Because so, I noticed that a lot of our language in the Torah Strait, the R rolls as well. So that's a wonderful yeah. connection from the Torah Strait to the Kukuyalanji mob. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, thanks yep. for sharing that correct pronunciation. As someone as seasonally travelled as yourself, sis, can you please explain why you feel it is important for you to share that with others? Uh, I think it creates connections. I think when, yeah. um, for me, when I have gone out into the world, I've always found that the quickest way to make connections is to learn another person's language. So I've lived with Muslim people and I've lived with Buddhist people and I've lived with, you know, people from all walks of life, um, often renting a room in their homes in the, with their family. And I've always found that very quickly I become a part of the family. And I think it's because um, I've wanted to learn their language and share, you know, if it, if it is the word titter, like I call all of my close friends, doesn't matter if they're black, white, brindle, you know, whatever, they're all my sisters or yeah. Yabba or Bala, you know, because yeah. I think the moment you make that connection with language, you make people your family because it's a, yeah. a way to make other people feel like you're a part of their circle. And, I've, yeah. and it's really funny because I've always found that everywhere I've gone, I've been included as, as a family member and very quickly felt like I was an auntie to their children and that sort of, you know, I think, it, I mean, it's always in the way I've been raised so I think it's um yeah just how it how it's um how I interact with with the world I guess is yeah. is sharing and and language is the way to make that connection yeah that I was just about to say that language is is definitely um a, a beautiful way to express our connection towards each other not just as human beings but our culture as well, like you're saying, the Muslim culture is is vastly different to Torres Strait Islander mm. and Aboriginal culture, but they would have the same respect for the language and the connection that it brings. So, yeah. 
So what was your inspiration for incorporating your native language in a story in print form for children or jargons instead of the traditional yarning ways like we are now? Well, for me, it was about having um, a story. As you know, the first book, Keep Shining Bright, is dedicated to the Gugielanji children. Yes. So it's, for me, um, letting them know that they and their language and their culture and is something that's valuable and something that belongs to them. And it it is, um, for me, a way of letting, acknowledging, you know, that how important it is and... You know, letting them know that this book is for all the child, all the Gugielanji children, and their their language is in it. And I think it it's just it it places value on education, on literacy, on um, reading, on um, yeah, just communication. Really, I think at the is the base is that Beautiful. children yeah know yeah. that it's important to have their language and and to keep that going for future generations in a, in the form yeah. of written. That's beautiful. Yeah. It does. It preserves it in such a beautiful way for literacy, doesn't it? It just is so wonderful. So because yeah. I love, I absolutely love the narrative of your story, Keep Shining Bright, can you please share with us what other important values from your Indigenous culture do you like to incorporate in your stories? I think that because the story is about a grandmother moon, for me that represents um, the respect that we are instilled with for our elders as yes. children mm -hmm. growing up. It's one of the, probably the foundation values um, that I um, hold um, onto really, you know, as my core strengths really. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes one of the main, when I used to, main things when I used to sit with my elders, like whether it was my line of grandparents, which were oftentimes my grandfather's brothers and sisters, so my mm -hmm. great aunt, aunties and uncles, um, uh, is that the way to show respect often is just to listen yeah. and uh, and learn, learn from them. And I think the biggest uh, thing that I would always take from that is to value the stories that they shared with me, but also you know, all those constellation stories, those are stories of ancestors of many bloodlines. You know, yes. the Greeks, the oh, yes. Norwegians, the Aboriginal, there's two Aboriginal stories, two Greek stories, uh, constellation stories. You know, there's, it's, it's all over the world from Northern Hemisphere constellation and Southern Hemisphere constellations. But I think it's not only the bloodline of, uh, you know, each person's ancestors that we can learn from we can learn from each other's like i just i think mm. that um we can learn from the living elders but we can learn from the stories that are passed on and one day these stories will be passed on for generations after we're gone too you know and i think mm. that that's the the value of it for me is yeah. being able to pass those stories on and i really want to compile um more of our elders stories because that's you know the wisdom for living and I mm. think sometimes we kind of overlook our elders and forget all the life experiences that they've had and mm. they can share and help us, you know, when we're in mm. similar situations. 
Absolutely, and that's that. That value is really important when、um, it comes to the emerging elders too. So they have stories,、um, yeah. and they, yeah, like I love the integration of the different cultures that you said. Like you said, the、um, you know it's Aboriginal culture. There's other cultures as well that see. And have stories in the stars or from the stars as well, which is just fabulous. I just、yeah. love that narrative. I do. So rumor has it you have a new book due to be published next month. Can you please tell us about that, Sis? I'm so excited. Ah, <laughs>、uh, it is a bit exciting. I um, it's actually already published, but it hasn't been launched yet. So,、um, it's one of those things where it's sort of this is.、Um, You know, hot off the press. Nobody's bought a copy yet. <laughs> it's just there, ready to to go. But it's a story about、um, a little Joey kangaroo. His name is Bala, which means brother in the Torres Strait,、mm-hmm. and a little kitten who comes into his family、um, as a stray kitten that's adopted into the family,、mm-hmm. um, and her name is Tida. So it's it kind of emulates in a、um, Sort of a、uh, a, a really、um, gentle way for when children have a new baby, newborn baby coming into the family. You know, how do they grapple with and deal with all the emotions that come with, you know,、mm. a new addition to the family? Or、mm. I, I was raised in a home where my mum fostered、um, lots of children, and the, the emotions that I You know, had to go through just to overcome my own,、um, I suppose,、uh, lack of feeling seen, or you know, just the attention was diverted、yeah. to somebody、yeah. who was more in need of of、um, care, and、yeah. and so there's that sort of shift of okay, so I need to actually overcome this emotion and make the other person feel welcome and、yeah. belong in our family. So it was. You know how to like. There's there's a lot of、um, emotions that in the book it talks about the little、um, Joey Bala,、um, yeah. and how he you know at first he's you know wants to get to know and play and、um, you know have、uh, a new little sister, but then he's too rough and the little sister's too fragile and that sort of thing, and then he you know gets pushed away and you know that sort of growled at and then. You know, he gets、mm-hmm. angry and feels rejected and feels like, you know, he's left out and all of those kinds、yeah. of emotions. And then,、yeah. you know, he gets to know the little kitten, and it's just really working a child working through all those emotions until they come to a place of actually, you know, this other little acceptance.、Uh, fam- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And comes to that acceptance, and I think it, it's a really gentle way of introducing. That topic, but it actually is. It opens up doors to much more than just an addition to a family. It's also a new child in a neighbourhood, a new child in a school.、Yeah. Even broader than that, it could be,、um, you know, immigrants or refugees yes, coming yes. into a country. And how do we, like, humans are so territorial. And how do we allow others to feel welcome when they've come from war-torn countries? And、yeah. you know, they're dealing with their own. Emotions, and we're trying to, you know, navigate how. Where yeah, do they fit? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing too is、um, when it comes to children and giving them some type of platform through literacy or literature that 
um, really shows them that they're not alone in yep. feeling that and it's normal to feel that and and yep. give them a solution or a strategy in the end that's positive and works towards autonomy agency and and i guess yep. identity as well because like you said because uh Tita, the little kid and she's new to, to yeah. the situation and and Bala is 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 basically an old hand at it so yeah. the shift in I guess it happens all the time we see it with uh, like you said foster children we see it with yeah. children that immigrate here um, yeah so that's really wonderful and I noticed that Bala you said is brother and Tira is sister now that's um, from the Torres Strait Islands is that right yeah Bala is Torres Strait and Tira is mainland well a lot of I I noticed in my travels around Australia there are many um, you know Noongar even in Western Australia um, Mm. Koori's in New South Wales and even Mm. in uh, Murray's in Queensland we all in, well, I, I guess in certain parts they'll use other words for sister, but I, I found that that was uh, almost, um, you know... Universal. Of, yeah, yeah. Univer- everyone knows what it means yeah. as, in, in the Indigenous, um, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, family. But I think also it also, for me, um, talking about the whole refugee situation and now look at all that happening in Afghanistan and, you know, all these girls who, uh, you know, their whole lives are turned upside down, they're all our sisters too. And I think yeah. it's, it's looking mm. at the whole global picture of you don't have to have blood connections. Your family can be the people you choose, just mm. like you and I call each other Titter yeah. and we've grown up together like sisters. Yeah. You yeah. know, we've known each other yeah. since we were little, little Jarjums. Yeah. Yeah. And it just kind of, it, I think... Once your heart is open to the fact that we're one big mob, one big family in the yes. entire world, then yeah. that breaks down all the barriers. You Absolutely. Know? Oh, I totally agree with you, sis. Now, there's something really special about your book, your new book. Um, we don't see, in my research, I have struggled to find Indigenous literature written with Torres Strait Islander content and language. Um, In fact, your um, new book that is out, um, I know is uh, the first of its kind. So that's something to really celebrate, sis. So congratulations on that. That's a massive achievement in Indigenous literacy in the early years. You are an amazing Indigenous leader in your community and a wonderful advocate for Indigenous children's literature. You know what? I really look forward to being the first person to get my hands on your new book. And I would love to take that on professional experience because I'm on professional experience at the moment and I'm doing year one English curriculum. So they, um, my mentor teacher asked me today, um, would I like to do Tiddalik? And I uh-huh. said, actually, no, I would like to either do Keep Shining Bright or I would like to do your new book. So yeah. <laughs> how, can you tell me, <laughs> yeah, how can I get, how do we get our hands on that? I'll, I'll um, pop one in the post for you, Tida. 
That's you're, okay. You're just wonderful, and I'm I'm sure going to definitely buy one so I can put it in the uni library as well because they are chomping at the bit for it. <laughs> so, and it, it's wonderful. They've got a copy of your Keep Shining Bright, so I think they're going to keep collecting. The more you write, the more they're going to collect. So okay, it's, my it's I actually wonderful. have a third book already written, but it's not illustrated, but it's. It's set in the Torres Strait on one of the islands, maybe Mer Island, because I taught there, wow, or um, Eruk might be. That's where my family's from. How wonderful! Yeah, I know. Yeah, and um, they call the turtle bed Nam. So I had a um, that's in uh, Miriam Mare. There's a few different um, names for turtle depending on what part of the life cycle they're in, but it's the story is of the life cycle of the turtle and really listening to one's inner voice that leads you back home you know because the yeah. turtle as you know is born in one place goes on its life journey and always knows the exact place where it yes. was born and always comes home so yeah. it's kind of that life cycle um but it's also about listening to your inner voice and following your instincts and you know the direction that your heart leads you in life so that's the the message of book number three so it's it's in the pipeline oh. but of course it's probably you're another year amazing. or two away i know why, <laughs> that's why you're my favorite indigenous author you just have this this absolutely wonderful way of connecting either through language the written word or just this yarn now my just my heart is so full it's just exploding i love it i'm so honored that you know where i i actually grew up with someone as special as you and i know that whatever you produce um from here is quality it's authentic it's you know and it comes from a space where there's a message in it so yeah. that to me um is is just the most amazing thing not a lot of authors can do that um and yeah. to me i think it takes um a lot of guts <laughs> to yep. actually take that first step to go well i'm going to write a book and a children's yep. book too because you'll have to break down syntax and yeah you know things like that so yep. what a wonderful wonderful thing i cannot wait so oh, in, well. i know so in wrapping <laughs> up this fabulously yep. informative episode two of yarning jargons with you tira what can we yep. expect in the future oh that's probably um yeah book number three and maybe um i don't know i'd like to to travel australia again when the borders start opening and distributing the books uh through the libraries in australia um yeah and going to the schools and doing writing workshops i'd like to really get into um not only connecting children with more um literacy activities like workshops writing workshops but also our elders i think that's important so that we don't lose the the knowledge and the stories and the wisdom from them so i want to connect with both sides of you know the beginning and the end of life and and kind of share what's 
from the from the elders with the younger ones to so kind of the whole cycle of yeah from beginning to end and end to back to the beginning you are the, you are just amazing you just blow my mind you are just i just cannot begin to tell you how wonderful you really are you're doing jajams you know everybody is benefiting from your beautiful yarns that you say i'm absolutely honored to have this deadly yarn with you and my heartfelt and encouraging note that you wrote me in my copy of Keep Shining Bright. I'm just gonna end that on that lovely kind note that you penned for me. It says, especially for Titalyza, may you always wish upon a star and may all your dreams come true. That is, made me cry. <laughs> but it, it just rings home when I read that yes I do wish upon a star every day and I do hope that my dreams come true and it's just nice that it, it's that re that message just keeps getting reinforced every time yeah. so the message wasn't just for me it's for your jajams as well and others that read it so yeah. it's just fabulous this I really do love that you've taken the time to even put pen to paper and tell those stories um, and and have illustrations and and to publish it that's that's no easy feat and that would have been <laughs> pretty hard and intense yeah. at some times but it's yeah. worth it in the end um, yeah. I absolutely love it and I'm gonna keep plugging your book so <laughs> this will not be, our, not be the last time that I will call on you to have an interview with you. So if you're yep, happy to share that, that'd be good. Also, if you can put a link to um, your um, to your books or your publishing, yep. so we can actually um, encourage others to buy it, and it just makes it easier for them to purchase. That's all. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that'll be great. That's too easy. Okay. So, thank That's you so good. much, sis, for your deadly yarn today. Thank you too, Tita. Thank we, you. Yeah, I'm so glad we've had this chance to catch up after so long. Yeah. I really hope you're taking care of yourself. <laughs> and I am. Love. And you too. Yeah, thank and you. You're deadly. Thank you, sis, for that deadly yarn. And I'll call on oh, you, you again. Know, I just want to pass a little message on for your cool. um, little NJ too and, and how much of an inspiration she is, even to me and to the other children I've shared, just how, you know, her um, leadership in her school as an Indigenous leader for her school and how she's now made a scholarship you know through her fundraising and it's yeah. inspired me to want to do the same with my uh, royalties of my books especially you know in 50 years time when I'm no longer here yeah. or maybe I still will be but yeah. you know just <laughs> leaving that legacy yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I thought. I thought what a wonderful thing to do and her, her yeah. principles actually came up with the idea of oh. having the scholarship in her name to carry on her legacy so i thought that was just wonderful so we see yeah. the opportunity yeah she is um thank you tita she is an amazing 
amazing young Indigenous leader and um, yeah. what a better way to kickstart Yarning Jajam than to have like yeah. an awesome Indigenous leader come in the studio and have that yarn with me, yeah. So thanks yeah. for recognising that too, sis. It, it takes a village. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yep. So thank sure does. you. Yeah, I really appreciate that, sis. So That's all right. Deadly, thank you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so thank you. That's it from me here at Yarning Jarjums. So thank you, sis. Thank you, Tina. Bye. Yawa. 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 Like I said, folks, that's it from me here at Yarning Jarjams. Please feel free to like, share, comment and subscribe to our podcast channel. Each episode, I endeavour to bring you content that showcases our deadly Jarjams and other inspiring Indigenous peoples such as NJ and Mrs Tamina Rhodes-Scott. Next episode, I will be interviewing a young Indigenous male, Isaiah, and getting his thoughts on making the big move from remote Queensland to the big smoke here in Brisbane. So stay tuned as we delve into this young man's trials and tribulations throughout his journey. Do not miss it. Subscribe to be notified. And don't forget to be deadly and stay in school. Because I matter, you matter, and we all matter.